episode 33, Dengar. to star with the, f- the podcast where we talk about the star wars universe one useless fact at a time i'm your host jason tagmeyer along with marty cop and our uh good buddy alex is uh he's hunting for the millennium falcon is he i thought he was uh lost in a pile of toilet paper well could be either could be both could be could have one really really weird spaceship or just a weird story <laughs> <laughs> now i'm more curious so uh today's episode um we're talking about one of the uh one of the elite one of the the top bounty hunters of 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 um <laughs> of, <laughs> even saying that is hilarious in its own way we're talking about dengar yep you know dengar you probably do this is actually um one of the weirdly more memorable characters i guess not in maybe to a Star Wars fan, I guess would be more memorable. So, if you don't know Dengar, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit for you. And I'm surprised in the fifth word of this sentence, Dengar, also known as Payback, and I'm like, what? I, I don't know. Dengar, also known as Payback, was a Karelian bounty hunter uh, and the pilot of the Punishing One, brought uh, up in the culture of swoop bikes and becoming a successful racer himself. Dengar also led a double life as a successful bounty hunter during the Clone Wars, becoming one of the galaxy's most efficient mercenaries. His work teamed him with the likes of bounty hunters such as Boba Fett and Bosk. Dengar would eventually give up the life of bounty hunting to pursue his other passion, swoop racing. That's like a, like... I don't know. I I, I just don't see it. Him on a swoop? Yeah. Well... So let's let's talk about Dengar. So he's you know we see him in Empire Strikes Back barely. Yeah, he he's like you may remember like some shots of like, like the some bounty fairly hunters. like close up shots of him where you get to see like his detail and everything else. <laughs> There's a wide shot that you see a photograph a lot where it shows all of them and you can kind of see everything. We just watched you know that part of the movie back and it doesn't even come close to showing him. Yeah, no, he is in the background, not in focus. He's out of focus, and like right as it cuts away, it starts to focus. <laughs> yeah. There's like a brief, almost, you can almost kind of get some details. But Vader's talking to him, and then he moves on to whoever was next to him. Uh, IG-88, I, I want like to say. Because yeah. I know that Zuckus and uh, 4 LOM were on the other end. On the, on the, it's like, IG-88, far then end. Boba Fett, then Zuckus, 4 LOM, and Bosk or something? Yeah, it's 4 LOM, then Zuckus, and then Bosk is kind of like in front, sort of... Leaning like, over the... Leaning over the edge, putting his feet... Cause so his claws don't scratch the floor, I guess. Yeah, he's being very friendly. Yeah. He's like, hi! But, but like, Dengar, like, we've seen him in toys, we've seen him, um... You know, there's definitely been a lot of photos over the years, and just... You know, they, they took a ton of photos. Um, and then he was in a, a bit of, of the, the Clone Wars. Yep. Uh, one particular episode, he might make some background appearances and some small appearance, but there's one episode that's that he's really in. Yeah, and um, so what we know about and what we remember is he's kind of kind of pudgy. Yeah, he's a little on the pudgy side. He's got this like weird like toilet paper wrapped around his head. He's, it's got like some like mummyish. Yeah, I don't want to call it a turban because it doesn't look like a No, because it's around his arms, too. That's why I wouldn't call it a turban. Yeah, it, it, it goes around his head completely, not like in like a top thing, but it goes around his head in this weird fashion. It's almost and like it, a hood. Yeah, it's like a weird hood that like turns into a turban at the top. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's tough. And then he's wearing uh, some brownish armor. Um, which, yeah, it's definitely some like brown, like metal armor. Yeah, it, it's um, some big chest plate and some shoulder plates. Yeah, man, you know all that jazz, uh, and that's really it. That's all that you have to say to describe him. If I, if you had to describe the armor in further detail, and this is a legit fact because it's not only a uh, in the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, it is also within canon that his armor is basically recolored. Snowtrooper armor. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so like behind the scenes wise, did he it, steal it? No, no. This plays into his backstory a little bit. Okay. At least there, you could you could say he might have stolen it. 
Okay. But it, it it does play in his backstory. And his Clone Wars armor is definitely not the same armor that he wears because he's a little lither. Uh, yeah, so so he's in the Clone Wars, and we'll get to that. But the big thing about the biggest thing about that is there's two things: his accent, which I don't seeing Dangar the accent that I imagine. I don't know, I but I don't imagine like a very thick Australian accent. Yeah, it, it he has a definitely thick Australian accent, and to be honest. That is kind of what I picture, but I guess it's because I never thought about what Dengar sounded like. I think of a more like Archie Bunker. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. Like he definitely is the comical bounty hunter. Because if all the bounty hunters there, he's the least impressive looking. Maybe you could argue that Zuckus is because he's a little smaller. Yeah, but Zuckus has a cool looking head. So yeah. you know, like. So the second thing about Dengar is you notice he's very light in the legs, especially like. Dengar's like he's like he's like got this kind of round body, but the Clone Wars version, his legs are like sticks. Yeah, he he's very. Thin. It's like the it's the Dengar at his prime, and that would make sense. I mean, the difference like if he was alive during the Clone Wars and an active bounty hunter, that's twenty yeah, he's years had to earn. Like, but by the time we see him in Empire Strikes Back, he's got to be like fifty. Like, but how is he still in that group? <laughs> like, how did he make the cut? There is an explanation. Oh, I'm sure there is. And I mean, I guess in some way. Um, but it's uh, gotta be his gun. He's got the biggest gun out of the crew. He definitely does. He's definitely uh, the gun he carries in both the uh, not in the Clone Wars. He looks like he has a bit of a different gun, but in the uh, in the original movie, it's a modified. Uh, it's a specific gun. Give me one moment. Um, it's like a long rifle. Almost looks like it could even have like a sniper rifle tendency to it. But it's just long. It's 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 big too. It's really it's really cool. Yeah, it he is um he is holding an MG forty two, which is an incredibly long like rifle. Yeah, it's it's get it gets a lot of range. So that kind of gives you an idea of why, how he would be good at his bounty hunter technically. So maybe he doesn't need to like he just sits. He just and shoots. And that's, yeah, he's that's just how like, he gained all that weight. Yeah, yeah, that could have been. The weight is uh, confusing in some way. Um. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> the weight is so confusing that, like, it's very interesting that, like, they had all these choices to make when they're making the film. And and I guess that's just why they don't show him up close. I guess so. <laughs> it's well, like, they just got this kind of dumpy guy. Well, you can tell that, like, even as you read the article itself, that throughout his story, maybe not in the big story he's in, the, um, the, the one from, um... Uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Um... He's sort of the butt of the joke as far as, like, bounty hunters go. And, like, not just in, like, Robot Chicken, where there's a lot of sketches of Dengar being the butt of the joke. Yeah. Um, but, like, in the show, like, the, one of the most memorable lines from that episode that he's in is just Bosk telling him to shut up. <laughs> it's like, they just pass by him and he's like, oh, who's your girlfriend? He goes, oh, who's your girlfriend? And Bossy's like, shut up. And they walk in. I think he said, shut up, Dengar. Shut up, Dengar. Um, Uh, Yeah, it's... But you know what makes his Australian accent a little more confusing to me? What's that? Do you know who played him? I do, as I I learned today. (laughs) As you learned today. And and it's really interesting because the person who played him, I knew was interested in doing something Star Wars related. And I thought we were going to hear that he plays like a stormtrooper or something in like the new movie. But he's already been in Star Wars. Uh, so, yep. so tell us who it is. The person who plays Dengar in one episode of The Clone Wars was Simon Pegg. Which is very interesting. It's very interesting because he's... I don't want to call him like a, necessarily a big star, not to like downplay him, but like... No, he's, he's been in some of those, he's been some into, of those like, Bond movies and stuff. That's true. He was in a Bond movie, wasn't he? But you know what I mean. Like He's, he's not, like a... Like a He's a name. He's yeah, he's a, he's a name. name. That's what I mean to say. Like he's, he's not a, like the he is the leading guy, but we know him from more ensemble movies. So like when he's in these bigger movies, he's he's definitely like a character actor. And yeah, you know. no. Simon Pegg is fantastic. Yeah, and he's fantastic in this role. Admittedly, he only has like five lines, but they're memorable in some way. You know, you, you get a personality out of him pretty quickly, which is sort of. Cocky, yeah, 
He's definitely like a bit of a jerk, maybe. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of likable, which I saw in more episodes. Which is good. I just find it weird that like he only has like a dozen lines. I guess Seven Pig might be worth a little more to um, keep having him around for a day. Yeah, it, it might have been one of the things is it could just be that's all they had the time for. Yeah. Two, it could be they didn't want to focus too much on him, and you know. Yeah. Um. So, do you know who played the original Dengar? No. Do you have a name? I do. Morris Bush. Okay. Which <laughs> seems fitting. Yeah, the Morris is definitely a Dengar name. He was an actor. Let's read his. I'll read his his um bio. He is he lived from unknown to 1995. Oh wow! Morris Bush was an actor known for Scars of Dracula 1970, Star Wars Episode Five Empire Strikes Back 1980, and Son of Dracula 1974. Um, he died in 1995. He was in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, uncredited. You, I. I believe you might see Dengar in that. In, like, Jabba's Palace? Maybe. I, you know, I couldn't find anything that said, like... That's said something that mentioned it. That, uh, here it is. He briefly appears in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Um, it was confirmed that it was played by him. I guess he appears in the background of, um... Of, uh... In, what's his name's place? Do you have a, a screenshot? I have a screenshot that is the blurriest screenshot I've ever seen that has a circle that says Dengar. Oh, well. Um, no, that's very interesting. Yeah, there he is. This one's actually pretty clear. It's right as Luke and Han Solo are, 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 are pulled out um, in, front of, in front of Jabba's area. And uh, it must be right before Luke goes down into the, uh, into the pit. Dengar's just standing there. This is Weird. so interesting that I think we need to pause and go watch this. Okay. Because it may be more. He may do more in this movie than he did in Empire Strikes Back, which he's known for. Because he's in Empire Strikes Back for two seconds in the background getting shut down by Darth Vader. Alright. So, let's pause. Alright. And we are back. Yep, yeah, we've watched a little bit of Return of the Jedi. We usually try to keep these things in mind as we look through. We have mistaked once. And we needed to make sure and look through these sequences to see what we missed, Dengar-wise. Um, we missed that Dengar has like ten times the amount of screen time in, in Return of the Jedi <laughs> than he does in... Uh... And yet significantly somehow less presence. Yeah, he, he does. He does like absolutely nothing. There's one, <laughs> there's one scene where he's just standing in the background as perfectly still as possible. Yeah. Uh, there's another scene where you see him over the shoulder and he is as perfectly still as possible. Which, all of this just leads me to believe that you cannot move while wrapped in toilet paper with metal on top. Yep. That's actually probably a good guess. <laughs> he just could not function. It was either that or maybe there was a reason why the guy was an extra in a couple of Dracula films. He was a farmer and a monster. Yeah. <laughs> I would hardly call those extras. <laughs> <laughs> what they? They, took, they brought him back for another movie. That's true. You know, I don't want to insult what's his name, really. Morris Bush. Morris you don't Bush even know his name. Yeah, no. I don't want to insult what's his name. First of all, you know who was in Son of Dracula? Harry Nilsson and Ringo Starr. Yeah, well, there's a reason why you don't watch Son of Dracula. <laughs> uh, and Scars of Dracula stars Christopher Lee. Oh, oh, oh that's the. Those are the Hammer films from the so the English Hammer films. They are, yeah. So, Dooku oh. and Dengar were in a film together before Star Wars. Yeah, there you go. See? That's seven degrees of Kevin Bacon right here. Seven degrees of Christopher Lee. Yeah. Wow. Christopher Lee was only 90 when he played that role. <laughs> in 1970. <laughs> I saw a photo. This is totally off topic, but I saw a photo of Christopher Lee and a bunch of other, like, old horror stars. Yeah. And Peter Cushing was in it as well. Um, and Christopher Lee was the youngest guy in the bunch. Oh my god! By like a good like 10, 20 years. Oh man. Yeah. It was And seeing Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing together was great because it's Dooku and Tarkin. <coughs> Bless you. I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't... Um, so, so back to Gengar. 
He is, uh, and I you could kind of see Bosk there too in the background. Um, so was IGD in that in those scenes? Did, no, did they just all so. just end up there? Like they're I all trying. No, IG-88 was doing something else. I think oh, that's probably in the book at least. Working towards being the Death Star. Uh, um. <laughs> you know, we've almost done. Uh, we've done two bounty hunters now from that sequence. We have. I think we have. In like we, five years, we'll do them all. Yeah. It, it, well, at this rate, yeah, because <laughs> IG-88 was like episode five or five. Six yeah, it was pretty early on. Um, I think it was the first solo episode, or just me and you. Yeah, uh, it was our first excuse for Alex not being there. Yeah, the uh, it's interesting though because because they they brought Dengar back. But it, what's interesting to me is like these these bounty hunters kind of hung around. Like the the Han Solo mission was not quite like mission accomplished, but he'd been in Carbonite at that time, and I don't know that you needed a couple bounty hunters still there. Uh, but they they did they hung around. Yep. Well, I think it's just that, like, you know, they work there. They were just, that was a job. Yeah. You know, now it's over. And uh, Dengar was, like, either looking for other work or he just wanted to hang out and watch some green ladies dance and then get eaten. Or eat. That's true. Maybe he just wanted to eat. He looks like he could eat. So another another thing that we noticed in that scene that we never noticed before... Was the frogs? Yeah, this was this was really weird. I, I've like never when, noticed this. When you watch a scene and you're looking at the background elements instead of the foreground elements, because we're just trying to find Dengar in every shot. <laughs> First shot, you see him looking down into the pit, uh, and he just like shakes his arm a couple times. Uh, but as you look at the background, looking for things, you see some weird things. Yep, and the the thing we notice is that Jabba has that little little like bucket built into his seat, and it's full of green liquid and like little like frog. That he eats, yeah, they are real frogs. Like as you watch, yeah, the you scene, can see them swimming around. Yeah, I've never noticed that, and I'm sure maybe a couple of you may have noticed this before. And we're just late to the party as usual, but that really weirded me out. Like it was like, oh, oh, that that somehow make. I think it's like that realization. It's like, oh, he's not eating Muppets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's a realization of oh, he's eating a real thing. <laughs> That's creepy. I don't know. It's really, it's, I, I really like that detail, though. It's kind of cool to watch them move around a bit. I don't even think I knew about the frogs until I had one of the toys that came with the frogs. That's true. Like, Despite how prominent it is, is that you see him eat one, you don't think about it. Yeah. He's, you just know he's gross. I don't... Like, those are just such tiny details. And, and It does make... It does flesh out Jabba as a really weird, sleazy little slug. Yeah. Exactly. You gotta love Jabba, though. Yeah, and even just just looking for these pictures of Dengar, I came across the picture of Jabba from the Phantom Menace with uh, <laughs> with the, the the female hut behind him. Oh, it's just so okay. weird. Yeah. The whole thing is just weird because like they have Bib Fortuna there, and they have somebody in the slave outfit all in the same shot. And it's just like was that too much like callback in one in one frame? Ah, uh, that could, you could probably <laughs> say that to a lot of the. Uh... I know. Love the trilogy. Or the prequel trilogy. Anyway, so, let's talk Dengar, about Dengar. Dengar rides a swoop. They talk about that quite a bit. Yeah, he's uh, like prominent He grew up detail. riding swoops and he quit the whole, the game to ride swoops. What do you know about swoops? Swoops? They're basically bikes. They're like the... the they're the, like uh, speeder, speeder bikes. Bike. Yeah, they're the speeder bikes. Um, what I know about swoop is Shadows of the Empire, I believe. Yeah, Shadows of the Empire, I believe, had swoop racing... And um, I don't think I think the uh, the what you drive it, yeah in Knights of the Old Republic you get swoop racing. I remember um, having uh, years ago they came out with the Shadows of the Empire action figure line, which was the first like expanded universe Star Wars figures, and they came out with the swoop vehicle. And I forget the guy that rode the swoop. He was a he had like weird armor, like the swoop rider or whatever he was. Um, really weird. Almost looked like a, like a G.I. Joe figure instead of a Star Wars figure. But, uh, yeah, Dengar, he rides the swoop. Yep. I'm sure... Does Dash Rendar, the character uh, from... I'm Ep- sure Dash Rendar did. Yeah. Dash Rendar is Dash Rendar. I always like Shadows of the Empire. Oh, yeah. I want to play Shadows of the Empire right now, I just actually. like the, like, design aesthetic to it. You know what, though? You know what... You know what Shadows of the Empire has over Dengar? It's better <laughs> bounty hunter in it. Who's that? IG-88's in it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and I think Boba Fett's in it. <laughs> and Boosh. Boosh was in it, too. Yeah, yeah. Or, if, if I'm pronouncing that properly. Is it Boosh or Bausch? 
I could. I, I'm going to say it's Boosh. I will say it's anything that I. I. I you know, I'm not going to bet on it. Wait till we do the episode. I want to talk about Dengar's weird half of his face. The hidden half or the open half? The open half. I mean, like, is it just me? Or, like, when you're looking at a photo of the guy, like, he has, like, this weird scarring? Is it just age? I can't tell. Uh, no. He definitely had something happen to his face. Yeah. Um, and I thought I even read that he did. Oh, the actor? No, no. Uh, Christopher Lee slapped him. Oh, okay. No, I was like, I was like, I, you know, that's the I didn't. Want, I was almost considering not bringing it up because I was like, oh, it's probably just the actor. He just had like a weird scar, and they just thought it looked cool, or maybe that's why he was in Dracula movies. Do you know about the swoop accident? Yes, I do. Actually, I know does a lot. To, I read this whole thing. Does it have to do with that? Yes, it does. Oh, it does. Okay. I'm going to talk about the actual thing that makes Dengar Dengar as far as the expanded universe goes, because the Clone War Dengar is not the Dengar that we see in the uh, prequel in the uh, original trilogy. Dengar. So what happens to... Wait. Well, I, that's really confusing, but whatever basically happens is that... Is there, are there, like, multiple universes? There is not, no, there's not multiple Dengars. This is not IG-88, in which there's four IG-88s. This okay. is... Uh, Dengar... What happens is, is that Dengar, in the, during the Clone Wars, was a prominent bounty hunter who worked with a couple of people and did all this stuff. Then he gave up that life to become a swoop racer, basically during the rise of the Empire. Okay. Uh, he was a very prominent, very, um, good swoop racer, uh, and he made money. But around 3 ABY, three years after the Battle of Yavin, which would have been the same year that Revenge... Almost uh, about Return of the Jedi. Uh, no, Empire Strikes Back. Was that three years? Yeah, three okay. years. Um, that would be... So it would have been before Hoth, I assume. That okay. actually makes this whole thing way more confusing when you put this, the time period to it. Okay. Uh, because he was, uh, having mastered the professional swoop circuit, uh, and he was told that, uh, he was constantly compared to a young swoop jockey on the private circuit named Han Solo. Eager to prove his superiority, Dengar challenged Solo to a winner-takes-all race through the crystal swamps of Agrilot. On the final stretch of the race, Swallow brought his swoop down directly over and in front of Dengar, burning his face in the swoop's exhaust. That might explain, that explains the face. Okay. And uh, da, 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 uh, lo- and locking uh, the repulsor fins at both of both swoops, the maneuver sent Dengar flying off of his swoop to crash headfirst into the crystalline plants. So wait a second, how is Han Solo out screwing around the same year as Hoth? <laughs> yep. No, I was trying to figure that out too because that was the first thing I read. I was like, okay, that makes. Don't sense. Don't you think he's like? got more important things to do at this point yeah like like he's clearly still involved with the rebellion he goes to hoth and he's friendly with them he's not let me take a a weekend off and go go race yeah like what and he and he was at a private circuit that means he was like racing like frequent yeah frequently privately yes like like so that like he had a hobby like like was this what he was spending his ten thousand credits on? Yeah, what? he bought a swoop and was like, well, that's what I'm gonna do. It's like it's like maybe it's like a well, he's not that old then. I was gonna say midlife crisis, like buying a motorcycle or something. Oh, it's so confusing. He's, he's, I keep it's hard for me to. It's really weird though. It's it's hard for me to imagine Han Solo as like twenty or thirty. He would be yeah. more like thirty because I think of like. After seeing the new trailer, like yeah, you think, I think of, of the, the Harrison Ford that I know that is yeah not younger than me yeah. <laughs> so like I think of this midlife crisis, but he was what was he about thirty? Yeah, he was a little older than Luke for sure. Yeah, and I hate I, I hate to say this because I know that there's like this is a thing because the reason why Greedo shoots first in the special editions is because Luke um, George didn't want. Uh, him to come off as a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. But this this does not sound good for Han Solo. <laughs> like, this is a really dick move in some way. Yep. Like, like this is a little on the weird side for him to do, like, because it just sounds like, because you've endangered somebody. Yeah. Not He's not did a cocky thing where he went over them, not like Anakin where he goes over Sebulba and it's like, oh, that's the defining moment of the race. This yep. was... Like maybe it wasn't on purpose, but it definitely caused this horrible accident to happen to him because I stopped 
the, se- the sentence after the one I stopped at says, One crystalline stem directly impaled his brain, leaving him in a condition so perilous that only the Empire's doctors had the ability to repair him to a near-natural state. Wow. Yeah. I don't... I mean, like... That's just... It just seems cold. Yeah. And, like, for Han Solo to never, like, I don't know, mention the fact that he almost killed that guy... It's like uh, nothing. He yeah. does that kind of things on the weekend. Yeah, know? I mean, I know he shot Greedo, but that was a guy, like, directly coming out to this life. This guy was just racing. I don't know. Maybe, like, without the context of the book, maybe... I want to live Han Solo's life where that's just nothing. That's, yeah, that's no big that's deal. that's true. Because that would be the defining moment of my life if I accidentally killed a racer in a race. So, there's a lot more to, to, to Dengar. Yep. Because uh, this, is, this is the defining point of the character in some way. Yeah. Um, so after this moment, uh, he was kicked out of the super racing for engaging in an illegal race. Apparently that's a thing. Okay. I don't know. Can you not, can NASCAR racers not race other racers? They can't street race. Look at well, yeah, but, yeah, but this isn't street racing. That was private. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, what? I'm not going to argue. I don't know. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know the rules of the super racing professional circuit. Uh, but basically, to save his life, he was uh, became part cyborg through imperial experimentation. Mm. Uh, parts of his brain controlling his senses of compassion, mercy, and pity were removed, leaving him an emotionless killer. He was only left with rage, hope, and accidentally, loneliness. The only emotions that the imperial doctors de- decided he would need to fulfill his duties as an assassin. So if this happened like five years ago, it explains the weight gain. But it yeah. happened the same year. Yeah. Maybe he just went on a binge, you know, eating... Well, I think the swoop racing, you don't need to worry about your weight. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Like, this is a good reason to be heavier. You know, he's depressed, or... Well, he's, like, emotionless. He's he's emotionless except for rage, hope, and loneliness, apparently. Um, I guess that makes him not emotionless, but he's angry all the time. And he's hopeful, apparently. And lonely. Um... He was. Did you know at one point he was recruited by an unnamed woman to join the Rebel Alliance who had taken notice of his targeting of Imperial officials. The woman secretly programmed the coordinates for the unnamed star in the farthest room of the galaxy into a ship's navigation computer where he found a hidden Rebel outpost. There he was examined by military intelligence officers and accepted an assignment uh, to, to a newly formed outpost on the planet Hoth. However, his true intention for joining the Rebellion when was that he knew wherever the rebellion was would be where he would find Han Solo. Yeah. How he had one defining goal. So he gets just, Han Solo. Yeah, exactly. So he almost ended up on the same side as Han Solo. Yep. Wow. Like So the hunt for Han Solo is a big thing. Yep. That's um, a big that's a big part of it. That's the bulk of the book that he that is about him. I also wanted to point out there's a picture on um on the Wookiee that says Return to Bounty Hunting. Yeah. Um Basic uh, that it's him stepping over some guy and he's yep. got the gun in his hand. He is way svelter. He's yeah. way thinner in that picture, and it just—I I don't know. Like yep. it doesn't. Like it looks like him, but doesn't. That's before he started hanging around Jabba. Yeah, Jabba will do that. George Lucas hanging around Jabba too much. That's why he looks like he does. So he uh, returned to Jabba's palace. He was—he was with a, I guess, a woman named Manaru at one point. Yes, this is actually very important. Manaru is, he rescued the woman from a planet, uh, or from, like, slavery or something. It was while he was searching for Han Solo. Yep. Uh, in, in the Hoth asteroid field. Um. And he found her again at Jabba's palace. And what she did, and her importance to this whole story, is that she gives him, she does this thing where on their species they can like give people the emotions that they feel okay and she gives her her emotions to him and it makes him feel like he's human again like he has real emotion gotcha and so he's in love (laughs) like you know what yes like that's pretty close that's like a like a like a sci-fi way of saying he's in love yeah oh and then after that, there's a point um, at the end of that story that he's in. He agrees to get married to her. They get he of all the bounty hunters, he's the one that gets the girl. 
So it says that he traveled, uh, the, together they traveled to Tatooine where they knew Boba Fett would deliver the frozen Han Solo uh, to Jabba. He learned that Solo was alive and being held at Jabba's palace. Um, however, in his absence, uh, so when he wasn't there, Manaru was captured by Jabba's cronies and taken to his palace to work uh, as one of the dancers. So Manaru was a dancer. Yep. In his bid to rescue her, he returned to Jabba's palace. So not only was he going to Jabba's palace for Han Solo, he ended up at Jabba's palace because Manaru ended up there. It's like the world revolves around Jabba's palace, which is very interesting, and it makes a lot of sense. It, it, well, yeah, from the perspective of like these criminals, Jabba's a known powerful quantity. We, I can accept all the bounty hunters being at Jabba's palace because they're all looking for work. I don't expect them to hunt, stand around, though, and do nothing, he or wit- even be there for long. He witnessed Jabba's ruthlessness when killing Ula, his yeah. Twi'lek dancer, which is when we see him peek down. Yep. Uh, he formulated a plot with the other members of Jabba's entourage, which Jabba soon discovered. Uh, this all happens quick. Yeah, no, it's a quick book. I mean, it's only, it's like a fifth of a book. Yeah. Of a novel, it, you know, it's one fifth um, of the book. Uh, so, Boba Fett drugged Dengar on the night before uh, Jabba was to execute Luke, uh, Han, and Chewbacca at the Great Pet of Carcoon. He drugged Dengar and left him at the mercy of Tatooine's elements. Surprisingly, for the second time, Boba Fett had done Dengar a favor, so to speak. He left him to die, but he allowed him to remain with his armor strapped on, which effectively saved him from the harsh winds until he was saved by Manaru, uh, the, the, his, his love. Um, for the second time, Fett refrained from killing him. Uh, the first was when he disabled the Punishing One, which is such a good name for a ship. It is. Near the Hoth asteroid field instead of destroying it and... Uh, he vowed to make Fett uh, pay. I wanted to mention Manaru real quick. I just wanted to point out, despite the importance to this one character, yes. there is no artwork. There There's is no nothing. picture. We don't know anything about what she looks like besides that she has black hair and blue skin. So, Manaru is Dengar's girlfriend from Canada that doesn't like, really exist? She might not exist. Oh my god. I, I hope that. Like, I, I like to think that. Um... The two agreed, uh, after being rescued by Manaru, the two agreed to be married. Dengar recovered from his wounds after several weeks in Mos Eisley, uh, racking up enormous medical bills, which is something, a specific detail I didn't think I needed to know. They should have been like, you know what, you've already got some, uh, bandages on, we don't really need to, we don't (laughs) really need to do anything else. They don't have to pay for the bandages then. Uh, it was then that he realized that few people were aware that Jabba had died at the pit of Karkoon. He traveled with, with Manaru to the site of the hut's death hoping to salvage valuable goods, only to find a badly burned and scarred man on the brink of death who apparently killed the Sarlacc. You want to take a guess who that was? Wait, so... Um... Hmm. Could be anyone. (laughs) Somebody killed the Sarlacc. Um... I can only imagine who this would be. Well, I'll, I'll read it to you now. So, spoilers... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he discovered that this broken man was Boba Fett oh! having survived from being swallowed by the Sarlacc being swallowed by the Sarlacc he fell in you know by the way anybody who says that Boba Fett is a bad dude because I can't use the word I want to use um, he's not he, he loses pretty quickly to one shot <laughs> <laughs> but not only does he escape the Sarlacc he kills the Sarlacc well, with a grenade. It wasn't hard. <laughs> yes, by the way, if you didn't know that, Boba Fett does survive. Wait a second. So Boba Fett, like, all this... So, read the next couple sentences, because this is really interesting. Okay. Um, With Dengar's newly found compassion... Sourced from Manaru's Atani device, which is the thing she did. Yeah. He nursed Fett back to health. The infamous Fett even served as Dengar's best man during his wedding to Manaru. Did Dengar not have any other friends? <laughs> he doesn't even have a real girlfriend. <laughs> it was him and Boba Fett standing around. Wait, do you think they wore like their like their armor? No, I'm hoping that they wore. What do you think? This uh, is not final question time, even though we're getting close. But seriously, what did Dengar wear in his wedding? Oh God, I, do you wear? Like, did well, he wear like black? What did paper what himself did, like for formal wear? What did Anakin wear at his wedding? Just his robes, right? Like nothing special. Yeah, it was a little, just like little like 
fancy, right? I don't remember. I barely remember that whole. There's only one memorable shot from that. But whole what is? What does a bounty hunter wear? I God, I have no idea. I imagine you'd have to wear your armor. It would be like does, that's your finest suit. Does Boba Fett show up in a suit on top of? Well, the that's armor? the thing, though, is that like what they just said here is badly burned and like scarred. Like you don't want to see him not in his armor at that point. But I'm picturing like you know that shot. Where he's in the bat, where he's in um, Jabba's palace, where he looks, at, he's looking right at like the camera, yeah. and he like shakes his head. Yep. I'm hoping that's what Boba Fett looked like at the wedding. <laughs> he's standing there, he's looking at the people in the crowd, and be like, "Yeah, I know, I'm Boba Fett." So, the, uh, they went on a mission together to be. Uh, it was Prince Caesar's plan to destroy the bounty hunters guild. Yep, that's the bounty hunters, bounty hunter wars, or something like that. Um, and to achieve, they kidnapped the powerful Kuwait of Kuwait, or Kuwait of Kuwait. I don't know how you say that. Okay. Um, and then they they worked together a lot, apparently. Yeah, they did, and eventually it, it went sour. Yep, their partnership continued until ten ABY, so ten years. So that would have been, you know, the um, no seven years, right? Uh, until it started. Yeah, it would have been seven years. So well, actually, when did he save? from the Sarlacc? Oh, that would have been... It was after 4 ABY, so this is four. This is six years later. Six years later, when the cloned Emperor Palpatine returned, which is a whole other thing we'll have to talk about one day, because those words probably more confusing or insane than anything else we've said so far. They tried to capture Solo again. Uh, and Narshada and Biss. Which led Dengar to proclaim he would never work with Fett again. But he was the best man at your wedding, sir. So, so this did not end well. Oh, and then there's retirement. Yeah, he retired. Can um, you retire? Is there like a retirement plan? Uh, well, apparently so. Set- apparently not, because all of those things after retirement are him coming back into the game. <laughs> he settled with Manaru. Uh, he was taken prisoner. Um, oh, no, Mayor Jade was taken prisoner, and she found an ID guard that ID card that read Dengar Roth. However, the card was forged and carried by a man named Dengar Groth, or Gunnar Groth, Groth, who used the phony idea to better scare his targets and negotiate higher bounties with the Empire. Yeah, Dengar is very scary. He freelanced for Grappa the Hut, and then he later joined a quest for Born on Thul during the Diversity Alliance's reign. He was face to face with Jason and Jada Solo, the children of his former enemy. And that's uh, the last we hear of him. Yeah, I, I have to say, though, that. Uh, 24 ABY, he had to have been 70. Wow. Yeah, he would have been way... Like, cause that, like he, how old do you think he was in the Clone Wars? Clone Wars, he looked like he was about 30. 30? Okay, that's 20 years. Yeah, so he was probably about 50 in Empire Strikes Back. Yep. So, so that's like another 10... <laughs> he's 60 years old and he was doing that? He's... he's, he's I mean, that's impressive. But he wasn't moving at 50. He stood still and barely... That's true. He has it long rifle. He, you know who moved more than him? IG-88. That's true. He moved his head. <laughs> his head actually moves. Dengar doesn't even flinch. I think, I think Boba Fett might move only a little bit more than he does. <laughs> so, let's go back to Morris Bush again. There's something interesting the way they describe this. Dengar was played by British actor Morris Bush in Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back. He briefly appears in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. He briefly appears in episode 5. Let's get this right. He, <laughs> he briefly appears in both things. He's more in Return of Jedi. Although it was unknown if it was still uh, Morris Bush in the role until Jeremy Bullock confirmed it at Celebration Europe. So it was Morris Bush in both films. Yep. Um, yes, it's true. And then uh, in pre-production uh, photographs, it shows him holding his MG-34 machine gun, which was a World War II-era German modified gun. He had, like, a machine gun. It was, like, short and squatter in the, in the, in the production photos. But in but the hold- film, exactly. Yeah, he's holding a long rifle. He's holding uh, the MG-42. So, oh, and then, then there's an Easter egg in Star Wars Old Republic where uh, Dengar... Yeah, you find the whole bounty hunter scene, apparently. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a neat one. So, um... I want to talk about one other thing. Yeah, I have something too. Uh, I want to talk about the Punishing One. The Punishing One. Do we know what it looks like? Yes, there is a picture. Does it look awesome? It looks awesome in oh, my that mind. That is really cool. I really like it. And you know what? I really don't care about it to talk about it because it's just a spaceship. There's not a lot to say beyond, you know, it was. It's. It's. It, it appears. Yeah. This needs to be in uh, X-Wing Yes. now. Like, IG-88 ship is the IG-2000... 
is available now. Yes. Yeah, so if I've, you haven't played the X-Wing uh, board game by Fantasy Flight, it's just a miniatures uh, battle game with all the, the, the ships. And, and it's, there are some amazing... They're, they're amazingly detailed, and it's it's so awesome. Yeah, the, the figures are fantastic. And, like, if you if you haven't seen them, go, go to a local game store or wherever you can find them, pick up the base set, and just look at them for hours. This looks about, like, maybe, like... Two thirds the size of the Millennium Falcon. Maybe? That's what I was thinking. Like that's the I think the real reason why oh, it hasn't been released so good, is that it'd be though. a bigger ship. Yeah, but it's, like, it's it's it looks really cool. But at this point, the Houndstooth, the Slave One, and the IG Two Thousand, yep, which are all the bounty hunter ships, have been released. The only ones that haven't been released are I think even Zuckus's ship was released. Though don't quote me on that. Now, um, do you know Bosk's ship? The Houndtooth. Has that been made? I don't. It is being made, if oh, okay. not made. I don't know. Because that's that's really cool looking too, and it's huge. Okay, yeah. The um, uh, Zuckus's ship was called the Mist Hunter. It's pretty. It's pretty cool looking, and uh, I'm trying to see if it was uh, released in uh, what's it called in the uh, in the game. Um, uh, there's a couple other action figure uh, things for Dengar that, that, that get me excited while, yeah. while you look around for that. It isn't, but Punishing punishing One and the X... Uh, there's stats for them for by fans. The original uh, Dengar action figure came out in the, the first, you know, counter line, and it's pretty cool. Um, the gun is, like, 20 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were some later ones, and... They really got the dumpiness down. Like, that was one of the things they, they really worked out. Uh, and kind of like the frump, the frump look on his face, too. Um, yeah, he does not look happy. And I guess that, that applies to his story. Yeah, exactly. He just, he just, he looks pretty old in some of them, too. Like, even older than he is. They made some, some you know, large-scale ones and everything else. Uh, there is definitely a Lego one. I remember there was one in Lego Star Wars, and he was pretty okay in that. But the, all the bounty hunters were fun in that one. The Dengar Lego, actually, there's there's two, I believe. One is just looks like he's got a ninja hood, which is terrible. But then one they made a custom face that had all the stuff going on, which was great. No, oh, that's fantastic. Um, other and some people even made a custom one with a space a white space helmet on, which is just so terrible looking. Uh, uh but um, yeah. That's that's pretty much it for the action figures. Uh, he's he's been represented pretty well. Yeah, now that I, I really can't say uh, that Dengar has been poorly poorly treated. Well, he's been poorly treated by characters in universe. <laughs> yeah, in in all the storyline. Shut up, Dengar. Uh, the other cool there was a Galactic Heroes of him, which is really cool. Is it as awesome as I think that? It sounds? almost just looks like it. It's cool. It's definitely cool, but it, his headdress almost looks like just like somebody in the desert or something. Yeah. Well, of course. Uh, the here's an interesting thing was, and we probably talked about this before. Was we did a um, convention not that long ago, and there was like a little bit of um, cosplay. And there was like a Star Wars group there, and there was a dude walking around as Dengar, which was the probably the coolest thing. He, like, yeah, he was the last thing you would have expected there. Yeah, there was a couple of good ones, and I think Dengar was the one that stood out because it was Dengar. Like the guy wanted to be Dengar, and yeah. he put together this costume that was Dengar. That's fantastic, though. They, they, it was very nice. He wasn't frumpy enough, but... No, he was a little, uh... Yeah. Little, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that, like, like my size, I would be like, yeah, I'd be Dengar, like, if you asked me to. Yeah. Because, I, I don't know, I could fit it, but... I don't know. The other one was, did they ever make... Because they're, they're definitely, like, my favorite is the Kubricks. Uh, the Kubrick figures. Uh, they're little, like, block figures that are... They're Japanese uh, influence, I guess. Um, they did make a Dengar, and he is definitely like all belly and like top heavy. And <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to search that out because they they wound up making all of the bounty hunters from that Empire Strikes Back scene. Oh man! Which leads me to our final question. Well, I do want to sort of mention as more of a final thoughts at this moment. Yes, I did want to say that reading this Wikipedia article made me remember the story. That he's in the uh, payback, the story of um, payback, payback, which they don't explain why his name is payback. By the way, <laughs> uh, payback, the story of um, uh, Dengar the bounty hunter. Yeah, I actually kind of like Dengar's story. 
Like maybe not yeah. the, the the story itself, maybe not the the the, the short story itself, but it's interesting. No, it's a, it's definitely interesting. It's 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 like it doesn't have that terrible feeling to it. That yeah, like do. yeah, I mean, like yeah, you know, like we we usually tend to cringe at certain um, backstories as we read them because they're always pretty awful in some way. But Dengar's, I kind of looked at and go like, oh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, nothing happens in it that's like a like a weird or I find wrong. Maybe I I just don't see him like getting with an alien girl. But that's, that's you know what, that's fine by me. I don't really care. It's interesting enough, and while it has that moment of like, oh, he's the emotionless killer who finds love, which I find a little bit on the grown side. Well, he's like the the ugly dude that finds love. That's true. He's he's a lot of the things that finds that manages to find love. But um, overall, I kind of actually like Dengar. Like after reading, I was like, oh man, I actually like Dengar again. Yeah, I, I like the look. It's definitely really unique. He's definitely cool looking, and I do like his appearance in the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. Simon Pegg is awesome too. Simon Pegg is awesome. All right. All right. So this final question: Empire Strikes Back. There uh, is a scene with all the uh, the the bounty hunters all lined up. Uh, I guess we see more photographs of them lined up than we see in the film after we watch it today. <laughs> but I want you to rate them in your top five. My top five? Your top five bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. All right. So, I know mine are probably close to yours. Yeah, I think we, we may only disagree on probably one or two. But um, let's go. You can say yours first and I'll say mine. Okay, we're going to start... From the top? Start from the top. Okay, number one, I have to go with IG-88. I, too, would go with IG-88 because he's freaking awesome. I think he just looks cool. Like, it's not a matter of... This is not a matter of who's the better bounty hunter. Yes, Boba Fett found them. I think I could kill anybody before I could kill IG-88. Yes, yes. If I was asked to be like, <laughs> you have to destroy these things, what would you do? IG-88 would be the last. I just love droids. I love robots. So who's your number two? My number two... Oof. I'm going to have to go with Boba Fett. I, too, would go with Boba Fett. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, my number three is a very close number three. And I'll go first on number three. Okay. But the reason I would go with Boba Fett is because, if we go back to the looks, he obviously looks really, really cool. Yeah, he is cool. Like, like no matter his what... His armor... There isn't much armor in... Sci-fi fantasy history that's cooler than like Boba yeah. There's Fett. nothing, and if any of you say 40k, don't listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't 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 do it. No, don't do that. Keep listening. <laughs> um, so my number three is Bosk, and mm. my reasoning for Bosk being number three is just because he's so different. You know, I well, some of the other weirdos are really different too. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, um, oof, that is tough. That is, number three is actually a tough one because I have a toss-up. It's between Bosk and Zusk. Zuckus? Zuckus. Which one is Zuckus? Zuckus is the like the little bug man that's not the robot. The one who's kind of wearing like a long... Yeah, he's wearing the long robe. The toys have him mixed up where the toy said 4LOM for the, the little bug guy wearing the robes and the, the and... robot was Zuckus. So, um, okay... But uh, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Bosk because you're right he's really cool looking. So um, you're okay. So if we're tied on Bosk, I assume Zuckus is next for you. Yeah, for number four will have to be Zuckus. I really like Gans. Zuckus is terrible. <gasps> so I'm definitely going with four LM because he's basically C3PO with like a bug-eyed metal head, uh, which is funny. Yeah. Um, but. He definitely has the same. It's like the same stature as three C three C three C three PO. It's like this. His shoulders and his arms are like. It is, it is basically C three PO with a bug head. Yeah, exactly. Which is way cooler than the guy who's wearing like a. He almost looks like he's wearing like a like a like a camo blanket or something. You know, I have to say that like Zuckus looks better in artwork. Yes. than he does in that movie. Like it, it is simply a matter of like Zuckus looks good. As a car- as a as a thing in other stuff, like I, you know, I, I really like like a lot of the role playing games, and there's always a Gand. In I've each seen, one. yeah, I've seen some and really great cool. artwork of Zuckus. Yeah, um, he does look really cool. In the movie, it's just like like he looks like he can't move. 
Yeah. You know? But neither can IG-88, so we can't fault That's there. That's true. They picked some... <laughs> and, and Dengar just doesn't move, so... Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, so number five, for me, is Zuckus. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, as, as dopey as he looks, and dumpy as he looks, uh, um, I would choose him. I Who's would, your number five? I probably for all of them. I like his bug head. I like the fact. I like the idea of a C three PO being like a bounty hunter, like which there is a C three PO that is a bounty hunter that we'll have to talk about one oh, day. That's interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about him one day. But at this point, yes, I like the idea of a of a protocol droid that like turned into a weapon of killing as opposed to being built for one like IG eighty eight. So that's it. That's our top five from Empire Strikes Back. Um... I guess that's that's pretty cool. I feel like there was a uh, there's a curiously a left out uh, a character on. Did that we list. miss somebody? Were there six of them? Boosh, uh, uh, Boosh, Boosh was in Return of the Jedi. Oh, um, Greedo? No, no, that was New Hope. Oh well, no. we don't want to waste the listeners' time trying to figure that one out. Who is your top two bounty hunters in Return of the Jedi? Or top three. Um, <laughs> no, top two. Top two. Amana Man. Ooh, there you go. Ooh, we got to do an Amana Man episode. Uh, so, yeah, we left out uh, our, our little title card of the day. Uh, <laughs> dumb old Dengar. Sorry, there's six really cool bounty hunters. One had to be left off the list. You did not make the top five bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and with that... We say, yeah. we say good night and we goodbye. Good night. We need a we need a little we need a send off. We do. Well, we're gonna have to go into our uh, plug speech right here, I guess, a little bit. Uh, uh, if you guys have a send off, tell us. Yep. We could say, um, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> We're only allowed no one curse per episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. For the plugs, uh, check us out online. We're everywhere. Yep. For Patreon, uh, we do some cool bonus stuff, which we are recording tonight. So uh, look for a new bonus episode there, ASAP. Um, and Blogspot, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Just uh, just look us up. We'll find us places. Just yell out your window. Yep. Like us on Facebook. And yell out your window. <laughs> All right, catch you later. Goodbye.